Welcome to the Lead Management Mastermind Show, the only podcast where you'll learn about lead management best practices from the top lead management and sales marketing executives in the industry. Hear about the optimization, strategy, and techniques that have made each of our guests the best of the best in the lead management domain. Live from the headquarters of SDP Solutions, here's your host, Scott Payne. Hey guys, Scott Payne here with SDP Solutions. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. So glad to have you back with us. And I'm so excited to have with us our next guest. Her name is Aru Anavikar, or Aru from Botsplash. You got it right. I didn't realize it was 13th. Now I'm in trouble. Yes. Well, it's a baker's dozen. You know, it's it's a good thing. We're going to turn 13 into, into a great thing today. So, hey, Ruth, thanks so much for joining. Great background there, working from outside today. Great to have you on the show, taking advantage of the nice weather there where you're at. Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your history? And we'll jump into Bot Splash and the cool things you're, you're doing now. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Um, Arun Waker. Yes, from Botsplash, we are located in Charlotte, North Carolina. And going back a few years, my biggest tenure has been at LendingTree, which most of your listeners would be aware of. So started there as a tech lead developer and transitioned more into product and business management. And knowing what we all know about uh, the mortgage industry, uh, the main roadblock for most in this industry is um, dealing or contact rate with their consumers. So trying to think of different ideas of how consumer interaction could be better, uh, contact rate be increased was the whole thought of Botsplash. So in a very short pitch, uh, Botsplash is one platform which brings together text, call, web chats, and other digital forms into one place so that A, your inbound conversations are higher and B, your agents, which are loan officers or processors, have it very easy to respond back when those conversations come in. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some actual use cases of how some of your clients are using the technology? I know I have a couple of clients of mine who are using it, super happy, and I'm fascinated with some of the stuff you guys are working on and what you guys have developed. Can you talk a little bit about like an actual use case there, maybe the general use case your clients are using your platform for today? Sure. Uh, at a very high level, the most common use case has been for text messaging of new leads that come in. So every time there's a new lead coming from any of the uh, lead aggregator or marketplaces, we send out a text message to the consumer so that if the consumer chooses to text back, those conversations can go directly to the loan officers that are on Botsplash. Alternatively, if those consumers decide to do a phone call, again, we route those calls to the loan officers or to the call center if they don't have an assignment. That's typically the first start of the process. But if you look at some of our clients and visit some of their websites, uh, we enable their landing pages, we enable their offer pages, so that if someone wants to start a web chat conversation from an offer page or a landing page or from their Facebook messenger, they can start that conversation. So not only do we help convert and monetize sooner the leads that 
our clients are purchasing each day, but we also help them to drive the organic traffic they are getting to the website and digital pages to monetize and convert by getting them at the right agent at the right time. So a customer's on, let's say, a web page and they're doing some research about a company. So there's like a, a chat window or something. And what you're mm-hmm. saying is that they can either do it, I guess, on the web, right? Where they're talking yep. kind of through a chat, but then they can also, how does the SMS or text messaging experience work or look like with that type of scenario? So, so they can start a web chat. They can provide their phone number to the loan officer or we can display a form wherein they provide their contact information and choose an option as schedule or time. So if we are showing them a form for scheduling, we'll just hold that lead for a certain time within our system. And when the time is right, we'll just put it onto the auto dialer so that the auto dialer can do an outbound call. Alternatively, if the customer chooses, I prefer text messages, they can provide their phone number and say, shoot me a text. So our system will send out a text message and when the customer responds, it'll get you connected with the available loan office. And then I assume all the TCPA and all of the other stuff is checked and, and uh, you're getting the consent there. So that being said, I, I did get to see uh, with you the other day or last week, one of the new features you guys have. And I think this is a game changer. And here's why I think it's a game changer. I believe in my theory, and I've talked about this on a couple of other podcasts, is that the centralized call centers, if you will, that are working mortgages or other industries, they're going to get really good with being on video. I was just on a video call with one of my clients and, you know, a hundred people on a video call all with their videos on. And so we have these centralized call center type people who are getting now used to being in front of a camera. What I found really interesting about what you guys are releasing now or soon is how you can convert an interaction with the customer, whether it be that one of these web forms or in some other method into a video call. Essentially, you can turn it immediately into a video call where you can start having a conversation with someone you know, I believe that face-to-face is such a, a key piece and you don't see it a lot in centralized call environment, uh, call center environment. Can you talk a little bit about how this new feature evolved, how it came up? Talk a little bit more about what it does. So again, right, it's the situation that came upon all of us having to work from home. We had this feature built in about a year ago, but we didn't advertise it heavily uh, because mortgage adoption is so slow. Any new system adoption is so slow. So we wanted to make sure at least the texting piece of it or the web chat piece of it is being distributed to the lenders that need it. They see a conversion rate increase and the impact before we started bringing in new features. And three weeks ago, when almost everyone started working from home, we decided let's make it a priority because we don't want some of our clients or some of the independent loan officers that are on our platform to go ahead and purchase additional video conferencing uh, software. Yes, it's a great thing to have, but if it's something that we could provide fast and easy, we just wanted to extend it and offer it to our users. So right now, uh, last week, we introduced uh, screen sharing and video chat. So essentially, if you are conversing with someone via web chat and they say, hey, Uh, I'd like to have a face-to-face conversation with you. Or if someone says, let's say, uh, I do have an offer or I don't know what from my bank statement I should be sending to you or from an employment document, what the agents can do via bot slash is start that video conferencing and send it out as a message. On the other side, the visitor will accept either a face-to-face video 
or they'll just access screen share and then start sharing the document or look at the agent right there and uh, continue the conversation. Wow. So that's, everyone needs to see each other. So yeah. I think there was, um, at least with the digital mortgage and a lot of AI ML that has been going on for the past years, I think automation is necessary for uh, mundane tasks, like schedule a call or call me tomorrow or things like that. But at the end, we all need each other and anything that can help us see the other person on the other side, it, it makes it feel the process so much easier and smoother. That's amazing. It really is because you think about the personal connection uh, that you can build with someone over the phone or over a video call versus just a phone call, especially from that centralized environment. I mentioned this on another podcast. We found back at NationStar, back where I used to work, that if we were able to drive a face-to-face application, uh, this is mm-hmm. person-to-person, right? Back in our retail environment, we saw that our conversion rates increased 15%. And so we did everything we could to try to drive as much traffic to our retail footprint who could get in, out there face to face. But you know, that's 10 years ago, technology's evolved. And now here, you, here you're saying that we could, you know, start having a conversation with someone over a video chat, you know, through the technology that I have at my fingertips there at my desk. And on top of that, reviewing option, that's a whole nother piece, right? Something so hard to do, me being a former loan originator over the phone, doing a call center, it was very difficult to try to explain options to people. So we come up with creative ways, like creative take, a piece of pa- yep. pa- pa- take a piece of paper out, draw a line down the middle on the left-hand side, write this, right-hand side, write this. And so, you know, trying to get them to do it in the way was very difficult. Now, what you're saying with a screen share, now I could pull up my screen and show them the options they have mm-hmm. right there in front of them uh, or do a video call where I'm building the relationship. So I think it's fascinating uh, really cool that you guys have released this and uh, excited to, to learn more. I think we'll post a video either with this podcast at the end of it or a separate video of us actually using the software. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's really cool stuff and I'm excited that you guys have it. I've heard lots of great things about it so far. So, And I will add this note though, like as we are sitting home and building uh, all of this, I've had a lot of help from my eight-year-old because like it or not, they know video conferencing with FaceTime much, much better. Mm-hmm. So we've had a lot of her feedback and some of her friends' feedback to put this together because they are having Zoom classrooms and yeah. you can only see in 10 years or 15 years when they step into buying a home, what technology they might be demanding. Yeah, it's so evident and clear now. I mean, there's, I, I've mentioned before that my 10-year-old daughter is like my social media advisor uh, as I'm posting stuff to YouTube and being a small business, but bringing her in and be like, what do I need to say at the end that tells people to like my video? And like, she has it all down. She's watched all the yep. videos. You know, they understand that technology. And, uh, and it is cool now to see them using it for actual school, right? At this young, early age, starting to, to move to the video type conferencing, which you know, I understand colleges have been doing this a little bit now, universities, but mm-hmm. to, to have our young kids now doing the things that we do through the business world, I think it's so cool and really unique situation for us to be a part of doing this. Yep. All right. So let's move on to, uh, you had mentioned, I'd seen you on the podcast with Michael Free, our buddy Michael Free over at Lead Generation World. And you had done a podcast with him. And one of the things you had mentioned that stuck with me was talking about the specialization of, uh, like, say, team members and how that relates to an SMS message and maybe chat, right? Because, you know, I've seen this over time in, in buying things on my own, whether it be a car dealership or, a, you know, a refinance of my loan. You can tell when you're speaking to someone who really understands how to send a 
accurate and correct grammatically, quote unquote, correct, you know, text message. What do you have to say or what are your thoughts around or what have you seen with your clients around specializing a role around who sends SMS and who sends chat? Maybe it's in a certain part of the process up front, but what have you seen on your side as it relates to the specialization? One thing I will put out there is whether you're sending a chat, email, or whatever it is, when you know your home buyer or your client is someone young, send a short message. Like nobody wants to read more than five lines so whether it's email five is still a lot like if you can keep it a one sentence or two sentence keep it short yes they do want to get the information but if you on your end can have it as a one pager or like a screenshot or a pdf of the information that you want to share rather than typing it out there send it as an image everybody is able to most people at least are able to receive um, a pdf or image on their phone and that's another thing the SMS supports, right? Like send an MMS uh, on the phone or when you are on the web chat, just shoot it out there. And to the note of specialization, I think when someone works with a firm, it's interchangeable. Like whether you're Acme lender or you're an employee of Acme, people expect to have the answer from you. That's where I think the whole specialization come in, comes in, where it's not like you should know everything about just the loan but also about how can you make it fun? You're from an X city. How, how is the weather right now? Or the general talks that help you bind a little better. And I think especially with uh, people mostly aren't comfortable with either texting or doing a video chat, but I think because this has forced upon us, I'm not even much prepared for my video chat. I'm like, hey, put on a casual dress and come in. Mm -hmm. I think it will start getting more and more casual. But as we go back to our offices, but still continue using these technologies, the presentation is going to matter. And what you are, I think people are going to want to see you and in face understand if you are specialized to taking their business. So my uh, chat with Michael was essentially... It's great being a good loan officer and a loan processor, but you will always hit a point where the customer that you're talking to would want you to be more. Like a loan processor just cannot say, I don't know this answer. Let me put you back to your loan uh, officer. So you would have to extend and adopt all technology. Got it. Well, you mentioned right there, I wanted to jump into it because before I forgot, you mentioned a loan processor. So obviously I have a lot of people who are mortgage listeners, but a lot some that aren't. But just to talk about that process and it could relate mm-hmm. to other industries as well. But um, you know, I've seen challenges with an SMS solution in the past where it is in one system where the loan officer lives, but there are other people in the, in the, uh, in that process down the road. So in the mortgage world, obviously it goes from loan originator to loan processor. What is, how does your technology handle that transition because, you know, it's a challenge and processors need to be able to send text, right, for certain things and check in. Mm-hmm. The challenges I've seen on the technology that doesn't have it is, you know, you could give them a solution, but if they don't see the history of what was sent previously, that could be a challenge and make, you know, a company not look as good. What does your technology do and how does that, how does that work for multiple people on a record? So our platform allows for multiple agents to be on the same conversation. And one example I will give you is, let's say, you decide all the organic traffic is low intent. So I'm going to have it going to like a marketing team or a support team. If they decide it's a qualified uh, lead or customer, 
they add the loan officer. And at that point, they can say, my transfer here is complete. I'm just going to pull myself out. But as the process continues, uh, the loan officer might pull in a loan processor, or maybe on the back end, they have a proprietary system wherein if they assign a loan officer, they send a trigger into our system and say, hey, now a loan officer is assigned, and we'll pull in loan officer, uh, sorry, loan processor is assigned, we'll pull in both the parties together. At that point, the loan processor now becomes the authority of that lead conversation. They may decide to throw out the loan officer, or the loan officer themselves might leave that conversation. On the other hand, even when the sale is happening, if the loan officer has certain questions which they are not able to answer, or if they feel like their managers might be able to convince this customer in a better form, the loan officer might be able to pull in a team lead or their manager to come and have like a group conversation with the customer and then transition out from there. And the reason we put that feature in was A, you needed that group conversation to look at each other. B, sometimes you have very qualified customers who are doing a refinance. They exactly know what the process looks like. And from the minute they hit the ground of starting the application process, they'll start sending the documents. Here's my pay stub, here's my bank statement, everything. And you don't want those being in one conversation and then either manually being pulled out or the whole thing, right? Or if the loan officer has already asked a question, you don't want the processor to come in and repeat the same question. Mm -hmm. so that was another reason for the whole group chat so that everyone involved in the process, underwriter, closer, everyone can have access if the enterprise wants them to have access. Consumers don't want to keep getting text messages from different phone numbers. If a loan officer sends them a text message and then the processor is added, they start a new phone number. So you want to avoid such things. That way, when the first text message goes out, if the customer has saved it as this is Acme Lending, you want to keep using the same local or 800 number and send them this message, mm. even if the backend agent has transitioned out. That's great. Yeah, that's exactly right. Seen that happen many times. Yeah. Because now that it's a different number, they don't trust it, or is this really the right it. person? Yep. Just creates some some issues. They then have to call the salesperson. Is this accurate? Is this true? And it's just that's a bad experience. Or so even if they've yeah. even if they've unsubscribed, right? If they've sent a stop on one phone, you don't want to include mm -hmm. another phone and send them another message because yeah. now you're violating the TCPA. That's that's a huge thing. That's something our listeners should take right in because that's a big thing. Not a lot are thinking about. Awesome. Well, so I, I know you've done some integrations and you have lots of integrations with different systems, but wanted to kind of ask your perspective or insight on best practices on how you can integrate this with a lead management system. I know you work with a number of them, um, but you know, what, what is, what are some best practices you've seen or what are some things you've done that kind of takes a combination of your system and the lead management system to the next level? Our system can be a lead distribution system as needed. If, if, there are no other systems to integrate with. But given there are like Salesforce, Velocify, and other systems out there, our best scenario has been when a customer responds to a text message or when someone hops on the website and starts a conversation, take that conversation that is new in Bot Flash and hit the CRM or the lead management system so what we've done is uh, 
once we are integrated with a CRM or lead management system and a new conversation comes in, we'll hit the CRM and lead management system and identify if there is an assignment already made. If there is that assignment, we take it to the loan officer as a direct chat. If there is no assignment, then we'll put it on the floor so that any eligible uh, agent that is licensed for that state and property information can go ahead and consume uh, that lead and start the conversation. So we don't want to disrupt the rules that a lender might already have in their lead management system. So we'll try and use what they already have, but at the same time, you don't want to lose the customer because there wasn't an assignment made. So we'll try to play that way. Your assignments are first ruled out. If mm -hmm. it fails, then it will piggyback on our rule assignment system because our goal is you want to get that customer engaged within the first 60 seconds. Sure. Yeah, huge. So, okay, well, that, that tackles a lot. Yeah, because that's, that's another thing, right, is if there's not a user assigned to that lead record, who is it coming from? What does it say? What happens when they call? Whole number, another uh, set of things you got to think about. So that's, that's good you yep. guys have that tackled. All right. So let me jump to one of the things I've asked all my guests. Um, and there's a couple of questions left here, but mainly want to ask about user adoption, right? I know this is something you guys have to deal with because you got to get users to buy in and use, use your technology. So uh, it's always an obstacle when launching lead management systems and other things. And uh, so what techniques would you recommend to my clients out there, to my customers or listeners out there, uh, about changing the behaviors of loan officers who uh, maybe get stuck in their own ways and this is the way we've always done it, you know, these types of things. What are some ways and tactical ways that you've done and seen, you know, user adoption best practices? The non-pitch message out there would be if you are using Amazon, if you're using uh, Uber, you should not be stuck on um, not exploring the ways your outreach is because, as a consumer, you are using these services. You're using Apple Watch, you're distributing your uh, information without knowing where you're distributing. And as a loan officer or even as a lender, you should not be stuck with old methods because your consumer out there who are also Uber users, Amazon users, want more from you and expect more from you. So yes, we got, get a lot of questions as, oh, another system that means another monitor for my loan officer like how many systems are they going to handle so i'll just break down our approaches how we handle it first off yes we are a system that provides a lot of features but we also work with your existing vendors and systems so that you can build that journey at one place have one interaction but still distribute all the information on your, on the back end. So if you have the CRM or if you have an auto dialer or if you have a point of sale that you're using, we'll make sure the data is consistent or if you have a marketing automation software, then those emails or messages are triggered based on where the customer is on the journey. The second thing that we've uh, made sure that our customers or clients feel comfortable is we have a mobile app for our platform. Because if you are not on the desktop and have stepped away and your customer comes in, then you have an app which will alert you about those customers. That way you are never losing the conversation. And the third thing that we typically work with larger customers is if they have their proprietary uh, CRM and like, like a sales force of their own that they've built, 
then we'll work closely with them to integrate our system into their existing system so that they have less training issues and things of that nature. But I think um, overall, being shy of adopting anything, any technology is a wrong approach. And our uh, work around it has been try it out for 15 days, try it out for 30 days. If you realize that you were dropping revenues on the floor, more than likely you're going to convince your loan officers to use it or you're just going to feel shameful about not uh, cashing out on those revenues. And two, about revenues, it's the customer experience. You don't want your customers to have a bad experience with you, go with your competition and then realize it's in, in times like this, realize you don't have dedicated, loyal customers coming back to you. So I'll put you on the spot here. I didn't uh, prepare you for this one, but give the listeners a stat, a statistic around text messaging that uh, versus email, right? Because, you know, obviously emails will what we've always used. And I think it mm-hmm. still has value, of course, but text messaging, obviously up and coming chat, probably more up and coming as well. What is an interesting stat you can think of off the top of your head that uh, might amaze some of our listeners? I'll not go into specific like response rates or open rates, but what I will say is anyone that responds to a text message has a higher level of conversion rate than emails. With emails, you are struggling with two things. Um, when someone responds to those emails, the chance and probability that it will go exactly to the loan officer that's been assigned or it goes into the pool uh, is a lot. Uh, the other issue emails create is the spam rules. Sometimes people don't get the emails that they send. And emails, like everybody gets just so many emails. They stack up based on when you're sending them, if they are at work or even if they come home. If you close your email for like an hour, the next hour you'll have 20 piled up. So getting through those is is painful. Text is more appealing. It attracts the attention sooner, faster. But I'll also say a lot of people are using text. Uh, you have text because Uber is in there. You have text reminders about your medical appointment, your dental appointment, all of those, right? So texts are also stacking up. But at the same time, it's more personal. You don't forget about those texts. So the conversion rate is much higher. So if you're talking about response rate for emails being like 0.02 or 0.002 in in text responses, based on what your campaign is, who you are as a lender, how much branding and awareness people have about your brand as a lender, you can see anywhere from 0.2 to 0.9% of same day response time or response rates. And they only keep increasing each day that it gets added up. Good stat there. Appreciate you doing that. There was a study done um, by Velocify, actually, where I used to work. A couple of years ago, they talked about, um, it was really when SMS kind of came out, was kind of a thing. Uh, and they did a study and released a white paper that talked about, like, when it, when is too early in the process or what point in the process should you send the first text message? And a lot of what they wrote about was that you should not send a text message before you've made contact at that point in time, mm-hmm. right? And I think, obviously, as things have shifted over time, people have gotten more used to sending SMS messages. That's probably changed. What do you see on your end? What do you recommend to clients uh, as it relates to sending that first SMS message to a, a lead that just inquired? 
Um, obviously, they go to your website. It's probably different if you bought a lead. But just what's the general rule of thumb now that you would say is the, the right time, acceptable uh, point in the process to message a consumer? So whatever I say, I kind of create a conflict what got created 10 years ago, right? Like call now. When the lead drops into your CRM, make sure you call. And it all created the fight of where a lead is matched to multiple lenders. Everybody's calling at the same time. So very similar, based on the reputation of where you're purchasing your lead, I would say determine when you want to drop that text. If it's a highly... Uh, like uh, known marketplace such as Zillow marketplace, uh, sorry, Zillow lending fee marketplace, then you are authorized to send that text because they know you've matched, they've seen your offer page and things like that. If you're buying more from like a lead aggregator or someone who doesn't know or a secondary seller and is and the customer is not aware that they've been sold to you, I would hopefully... I would personally suggest that wait a few uh, minutes uh, or put your messaging in a way that, hey, you've you've gone to XYZ or you've inquired at XYZ or maybe it's a trigger lead that you've got from one of your sources. So put the messaging accordingly, but I wouldn't say slow down on when you send that text, but definitely give the customer enough time to consume, but make sure your messaging is right. You don't want to tell them as, hey, you've been matched with me. Let's start the conversation. So keep your messaging appropriate so the consumer feels more welcome. That's good. So I was going to, I'll give the listeners a, a free, pe- free piece of advice that, uh, that I always talk about recommending when implementing SMS is that, uh, especially in the bot lead situation where you're going to buy a lead and you're competing against other lenders and they don't know who you are potentially, right? Speed is so important, typically, first to call. But in my opinion, it's not. To your point, wait a couple minutes. And here's what I like to say after five or 10 minutes. It's pretty much a quick message that says, tired of the calls yet, question mark. I'll make this easy. And then give them a link or mm-hmm. something to that effect. Um, and what I like about that is it doesn't put you, if you look at a text messaging phone, right, your phone, and, and you have, let's say, five people who have sent you a text. The person who sent you the first text is going to be at the bottom of the list and what you see yep. is usually the oldest, right? So now... If you wait 10 minutes, wait, whatever the timing is, wait a little bit. You're at the top of the list now. And then you can use some humor there that says something along the lines of tired of the calls yet, something that's relevant to them right that moment. Yeah. And also to add, if you make your campaigns stack up and then time and say, okay, this 5.30, the customer might be leaving from work to home or the other way around of it's lunchtime. Let me drop a text now. So all these secondary leads that you're buying where you think the customer is not the one who hit submit or maybe it came uh, like an aged lead, then you want to time it in a way so that you grab the customer's attention. So that's a great segue as we move it into templates. I have just a quick question for you there. What do you see as best practices around templates that customers should be using for status updates and these types of things? What are some things you recommend to your clients that they should be doing? I would say don't use templates. Like give the message, but keep it as uh, conversational as you can. Uh, Multiple reasons, right? It is a conversational platform. Even when you send a template and the customer responds, you have somebody on your end who's going to respond back. So for many reasons, keep it as conversational as you can. Keep it short, 120 characters or less. And make the message very clear rather than sending something as, 
okay, your loan is now being processed, or you state things as your loan is now in processing, your assigned processor is that agent's name. If you have questions, call back. Sending, just, hey, your loan is processing. What happens is, do you need something from me? What do you want me to do? Or, or what's happening? Am I done here? When will it close? So don't give customers uh, more questions or doubts. So keep them simple, keep it conversational. The other way customers can handle this is when that loan processor gets assigned or an underwriter gets assigned, they can send a personal note saying, hey, I am uh, such and such, I'm working on your case and send another message maybe, this is your loan information. If you need to access the status and give them the link of your point of sale or any other system that you might have. Got it. No, it's a great, great advice. And I would also add to, you know, I, I mentioned this on a couple of other podcasts and, and blog posts, but using the time of day, the person inquired uh, as a data point and how you communicate with them SMS. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the leaving from work at 530. Um, but if you can, if you have data that says that the customer inquired around noon and you're going to text them 15 days later, maybe that's a good time to send them a text is right around then. Um, yep. Other question about emoji or about uh, SMS is around emojis. What do you see in there? What's what's acceptable? What's not acceptable? Uh, what do you see? You can always start with a smile. If you get back a smile, that means people are okay with you sending out emojis. Okay. But know what your audience wants. Like depending on what emojis they are using, I would say appropriately use them. I would never recommend sending an emoji within a text message at the very start, like a welcome note. But Using emojis on your web chat, definitely very colorful, nice. Uh, It helps you understand, like, if you're displaying a contact phone number or a servicing phone number, show it with a phone icon because they'll know if they click that option, very likely it's going to either instruct them on how to make a call or display a phone number. Uh, If they are seeing, like, a chart, then that would mean maybe they can browse for rates. So, on a web chat or on Facebook, keep it colorful and descriptive within text messages, especially when you're using templatized text messages for welcome, keep it limited to text. Got a good advice. And one last little question for oh, you. Uh, sorry, before you go to the next question, yeah. the other thing I do want to add is when you send the welcome text, you're trying hard to keep it within 120 characters. And when you include an emoji, it takes up eight times the character size. So Using emoji on a long or short run, right, is just not recommended for the welcome text. Interesting. Okay. Didn't know that. All right. So the last question I'm going to have for you is around contact cards, where you can send a contact card through a message and someone can easily save it into their phone with your phone numbers and contact information. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as a best practice for loan officers to be doing certain points in the process? Yes and no. Um, If you're using a platform like ours, you don't really need the loan officer's contact information because the message that the customer receives is going to be through that text number. If they call that text number, it will get routed to the loan officer. For any reason, if loan officer lost a license or if they no longer are with the company, then there's another reason if the customer still ends up using a phone number that is listed as Acme Lending, Mm The, the customer still goes back to Acme Lending uh, rather than going back to the uh, just the loan officer. And third reason I will put out there is 
for the compliance reasons of the enterprise itself the more you can have all those conversations coming at one place the better off you are yep uh giving out business cards and then realizing the conversation started within a platform but then ended up being a one on one conversation with the loan officer and the loan officer said something annoying or you don't want to end up in a place where you don't have visibility into what your employee said and the customer feeling like nope i didn't have the conversation with the loan officer it's not his responsibility i'm going to take it on you because he was your employee so just to avoid those situations right any conversations that can be had where it the lender themselves can have the ability to audit and uh, and it's 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 a safeguarding situation for the loan officer too mm-hmm. because you don't want them getting bullied because you're conversing on a personal line yeah that's a great point and i think a lot of people need to listen to that too around uh there is obviously a lot of turnover in sales industries mm-hmm. and so yeah if they leave uh you're at risk to uh to not only you know potential lawsuits or whatever the case is do they say the right thing uh you know there's all kinds of of challenges there so i'm glad you brought that up and in defense of the loan officer i would say if the enterprise can provide them with their personal profile page what we've done is some of our lenders have their uh, profile pages for their loan officers and on that page they can put in a chat with me so in that scenario what we do is if it's john and you go to john's profile page any conversation that starts from john's page goes directly to him mm-hmm. so now rather than marketing your business card or your direct desk number on like linkedin or facebook and things like that you just leave that link so that anytime they go back to that link that customer is coming directly to you or if you're working with realtors give the realtors that link so that any conversation that comes in there now goes directly into uh, your bucket and whatever marketing spend you're doing from your pocket is coming right back to you got it all right great advice thanks so much for that you know obviously we're right in the midst of conference season although we're no longer doing conferences there are some great virtual conferences starting up that I hope a lot of the listeners will get to take advantage of. Um, but usually I'm used to seeing you at conference and conferences season. So uh, being that uh, we're not going to see you at a conference, where can people find BotSplash? Um, what are some ways that they can contact you or, or find you online? Online, BotSplash.com. Uh, we've got text numbers there, email, phone number, and all of it comes directly to one channel, right? So um, either me or my team is always available. and now with video conferencing it's so much more nicer not only do i get to talk to people i get to see them they get to see us so always online and available as for in person meetings we'll just have to see when things get lifted up and we can all travel yeah we'll be interesting to see when that when that starts back up so well hey aru thanks so much for joining the show so glad to have you on i'm glad to have you back we spoke on a panel back in boston back in october mm-hmm. connect to convert and I've been wanting to have you on since then. Glad you're able to make it happen and uh thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Lead Management Masterminds podcast. Today's episode is presented by SDP Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things lead management strategy and optimization. Please visit us at www.sdp-solutions.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
or your favorite podcast site. 